Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello and welcome to Everything Iconic. I'm Danny Pellegrino and I have a very special episode today. We have Kimberly Williams Paisley on the show, which this is a very exciting episode for me because you guys know that I worship the Father of the Bride movies. I love uh, Father of the Bride Part 1, Part 2. Hello! You know, <laughs> love a Franck uh, moment. I truly just love these movies and especially right now when we just need these movies from our our youth and just movies that are comforting and I just watched the first two uh, Father of the Bride movies and they're just the best movies to watch and I think we need a part 3. I was actually just uh telling my boyfriend there was a moment in part 1, the very opening scene where Steve Martin's character says the house looks great in Christmas lights and I was thinking, "Oh my god, we need one of these movies set at Christmas time." Wouldn't you love to see that house? It's the one of the most perfect houses ever filmed. Wouldn't you love to see it covered in Christmas lights? Ah, I would love it. And you know, Nancy Myers, we need to just get her on board. She's uh, one of the writers of, the, of these movies, and she's also done so many other iconic films like Something's Gotta Give and The Intern, and it's complicated. She knows how to build a set. She knows how to uh, do a kitchen on screen. She's just flawless, and I love those movies. Those are other comfort food movies, aren't they? Something's Gotta Give. I mean, that kitchen, can you even? That kitchen is stunning and flawless, and I can look at it for hours on end. I do sort of think, though, that Diane Keaton should have chosen Keanu Reeves and Something's Gotta Give. Does anyone else feel that way? I mean, I know Jack and Diane had wonderful chemistry, but I don't know. I sort of think she should have ended up with Keanu Reeves. He was so handsome in that, and he worshipped the ground she walked on her character. I don't know. I don't know. Also, in It's Complicated, I'm always so turned on by, like, the the bakery in them. Like, Nancy also knows how to do food porn, which is neither here nor there, but she knows how to show food on screen, which is so much fun to watch. So, anyway, I love the Father of the Bride movies. She's also been in movies like We Are Marshall and The Christmas Chronicles, which is coming back for a part two this holiday season on Netflix. Uh, she's been in a lot of stuff. Also, recently, Dolly Parton's Heartstrings. She does a lot of stuff on Hallmark Channel. She did According to Jim on ABC. She's done a lot of stuff, so we're going to talk about it all. Nashville. Uh, and not only that, her and her husband, Brad Paisley, who's a country singer, and they teamed up to do something called The Store in Nashville. So it's called The Store in Nashville, and it's a grocery store that serves individuals and families experiencing food insecurities and financial hardship. And they're also providing food for people who need it right now during the COVID-19 crisis. So they're doing a lot of good charity work. So I'm excited to chat about that, too. Um, I mean, we have so much to talk about. So I'm going to play the interview for you guys in just a second. She called in from Nashville. And I'm having so much fun doing these interviews with these celebrities and actors and all sorts of different people. I have some fun ones coming up, too, that I'm very excited about. So please subscribe to Everything Iconic on iTunes and Spotify. You'll get all the new episode updates. Uh, find me on social media at Danny Pellegrino on Twitter and Instagram, Facebook, facebook.com slash Pellegrino Danny. And if you want to support this podcast, go to patreon.com slash everything iconic. If you click become a patron, 
You can donate $4 more per month and you get access to the bonus episode. So I'm just doing one a month. More importantly, help support this podcast. Also, uh, we had a tour scheduled that unfortunately some of the dates got pushed back for the Everything Iconic Tour. We're still going to be coming to the cities as as best we can, as best I can. I don't know why I say we. It's a one-man band here, but I'm going to be coming out on the road as soon as I can. There'll be shows later on this year. But for now, I want to say that we bought a bunch of tour t-shirts that we were selling at these live shows. And unfortunately, we can't do that, obviously, because we're not coming to these cities right now. But one of the tour t-shirts is a bold-ass woodpecker t-shirt that uh, is in reference to a story that I told on the podcast that I think most of you uh, probably remember. And so, in order to help support Be Strong, which is doing so much wonderful work for the COVID-19 crisis, Be Strong is, of course, Bethany Frankel's organization. They're doing a lot of wonderful work. So, I'm selling those tour t-shirts, those bold-ass woodpecker t-shirts at everythingiconic.store for $20. And all of the proceeds, so I won't be taking any profit or anything from those t-shirts, all of the the profit for those t-shirts will be going to Be Strong uh, to help the COVID-19. So, I encourage you all to go everythingiconic.store. And if you don't want one of those t-shirts, I encourage you to just donate 20 bucks. If you have it, I know we're all strapped for cash and people are losing jobs so quickly right now. And it's it's been a devastating time for so many of us. So uh, if you have the money, of course, um, and I want to thank you uh, all who are working on the front lines, grocery store workers, EMTs, uh, nurses, doctors, policemen, everyone that I'm forgetting, grocery store workers, did I say them? I mean, I'm so impressed that these people are going in and working at the grocery stores because we need them now more than ever. I'm just, I worship the ground you walk on. So thank you, thank you, thank you. And with all that said, I'm going to play my interview with Kimberly Williams Paisley. She called in from Nashville. I had some good times in Nashville too. Ah, I love that city. I love that city. And I can't wait to come visit Nashville because I just think it's one of the best places on earth. That whole street, uh, it's just so lively at night and I I wish I could be there. Anyway, uh, please enjoy. I will leave you with this chat with Kimberly Williams-Paisley. All right, I'm sure a lot of you out there can relate because every time there's a commercial break and I'm watching one of my shows, I'm always hopping on the Redfin app or website because I just want to check out real estate listings. Like, I love checking out real estate listings, even for the houses that I cannot afford. It's my favorite app to use Redfin. Uh, I just got a home, of course, but it was a pretty stressful process. And if I would have known how easy Redfin was, I think it would have helped out a lot. Redfin updates their listings every two minutes and sends you personalized recommendations. So finding the home that's perfect for you has never been easier. See something you like? Well, book a tour straight from the app. And when you're ready to buy, an experienced local Redfin agent can guide you through the whole process, making it so easy. And if you're looking to sell, Redfin agents know how to get you the best price possible for your home. That's because they sell twice as many homes as other agents with a listing fee as low as 1%. Redfin's fees are half of what others often charge, which means you'll have more money to put towards your next home. Now, that's a great thing. I love using Redfin. I love checking out. If you're buying or selling a home and you you need some help with that, check out Redfin. Download the Redfin app to get started. I met somebody in Rome. Um, He's an American. Uh, He's from L.A., actually. And um, his name's Brian McKenzie. And he's this completely wonderful, wonderful, amazing man. And, well, we, we started seeing each other a lot and um we fell in love (laughs) it actually happened (laughs) and um we've decided to get married which means that i'm engaged (laughs) 
I'm engaged. I'm getting married. <laughs> Kimberly, how are you doing today? I'm great. How are you? I'm good. First of all, how are you? Where are you? Uh, what's Are you in Nashville right now? Yeah, we're just outside of Nashville, um, and um, with the family, we're hunkered down, um, and uh, we're we're managing okay. Where are you? I'm in uh, Los Angeles right now. Oh gosh, so how's it going there? You know, it's I'm getting stir crazy a little bit, to be honest with yeah. you, and I miss my family's all in Ohio, and I just I don't know. It makes me a little sad. I think like when am I going to see them again? And I, you know, it's it's tough. Totally. It's totally. Tough. I mean, we're doing a lot of Zoom and FaceTime, and my dad's in New York, and he's by himself, and um, so just trying to check in with him a lot. Um, and uh, my sister's actually in um, Santa Barbara, up just north of L.A., and, um, you know, it's so weird. Like, in some ways, we're all so connected, and another, like, I'm more connected with some people than I have been in years, mm-hmm. and in other ways, we're obviously so far apart from each other. Right. I was actually just talking to my boyfriend about this. I was saying we're so in a weird way. We're lucky that it's happening now because we do have technology to keep us in contact with people. But it is still a a tough time. And I know some people have it uh, even worse. But I love actually um, on your Instagram, you were uh, you did a post with your husband tied up and it made me laugh so hard. I think at times like these, especially (laughs) we need like just some good laughs. Oh my gosh, absolutely. We've also been watching funny movies and anything you can do to laugh right now, I think is key and good for our immune systems and, you know, not to mention our outlook. Totally. What are you watching? He's still tied up, by the way. He's still. (laughs) He's still. (laughs) Of course, of course. What are you watching? What funny movies do you like? Uh, well, you know, we've been showing the kids all of our old favorite funny movies. So we showed them Dumb and Dumber, which they loved. We showed them Airplane, which they have watched on repeat and now quote the way I used to when I was a kid. Mm. Um, you know, I, I think I'm sort of craving those 80s, mm-hmm. 80s movies. Um, I don't know. It's nostalgia. But also there was, there was something about the humor then. It was really fun. Right. You know, it's it's funny you mentioned that. Like one of the comfort movies for me are the Father of the Bride films and I just I feel like they're oh, like a warm awesome. they're like a warm hug right now. I just watched both of them last weekend and I mean I'm obsessed with those movies anyway, but it's just it's very comforting and any of those old movies that we kind of grew up with, I think just feel like a warm hug right now and it's it's great. Totally. I know. I find myself going back to all those things and um, you know, and there's something beautiful about this time too, and just getting to reflect and and be quiet and more still and um, right. you know slow down. It just there is a great unique opportunity right now for all of us to do that. Now, one of the reasons I actually reached out is because I interviewed Marsha Gay Harden. She's an actress, and she had written a book yeah. about her her mother's struggle yes, with Alzheimer's. I, I yeah, she's great. And we I read her book. And um, and then she and I have, have worked together a little bit on Alzheimer's, raising right. awareness and research, and uh, she's wonderful. She's so wonderful. And, and her book led me to your book, and you wrote about your mother. Um, yeah. And I was so fascinated by it, especially in this time, which I mentioned missing my family. It's like, I miss, I miss my family even more right now. And so reading both of those books throughout all of this has been, been interesting and made me kind of think about my relationship with my parents. What did you learn about your mother while you were writing the book? Well, it wasn't so much what I learned about my mother as much as it was what I learned about myself and the way I wanted to look at what happened with my mother. 
she was diagnosed with a rare form of dementia when she was um, really young, like 62. And, um, you know, what followed was 11 years of really terrible um, challenges for my family. And uh, when we finally put her into long-term care, it was like two years later than it should have been. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I just felt completely defeated and um, broken. And I started by writing um, a piece for Red Book Magazine about the journey that my family had, and I found that it was surprisingly therapeutic. And not only that, people were responding to it and and reaching out and saying, thank you for talking about this, and Mm -hmm. oh, I felt so alone too, and I felt so broken too. And I realized that writing about it was very healing for me and that I could take the reins of the story and change them to... Um, to something more positive. What was it? I called my book Where the Light Gets In, and, and so I wanted to look at where did the light get in? What was the silver lining? Mm. And, and, you know, just like now looking at quarantine, that's that's sort of my outlook on life, is um, it, things might be really, really awful, but there's got to also be a blessing in it mm. somewhere. There's got to be a silver lining or a light shining somewhere. I do believe that in almost every situation you can find that. So that's what that's what the book was for me, um, and uh, and since then has really connected me to this incredible community, including Marsha Gay Harden and and the Alzheimer's Association and all these people that also felt the way I did, isolated, and uh, it's really helped me become a part of that community and also raise money and raise awareness, and it's just been it's been um, I'm so glad I did it. It was interesting. She told me that the Alzheimer's community, they are a community of people that can't necessarily fight for themselves. Um, right. So they really rely on allies to, to do the work for them. And that was so, it, it framed it in a way I had never thought of Alzheimer's before. Right. And when we were going through it, there were hardly any public uh, patients with Alzheimer's. When people would get Alzheimer's, they would hide, <laughs> including my mom. She didn't want to talk about it. She didn't want people to know about it. There was no way she would go to an event and stand up and say, I have Alzheimer's. Mm-hmm. But now, these days, there are more and more people that are getting very brave about talking about it, and that really helps so much. It helps people understand what the disease entails because it's a 24-7 caregiving job for the family of a patient. And it's challenging in ways that other caregiving jobs are not. You're not you're not with a caregiver in bed who's grateful for your help. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, you are with someone who leaves the house uh, at random times. You're with someone who can't um, can't understand what you mean when when you when you try to explain a shower or mm-hmm. cleaning up after going to the bathroom. I mean, there's like the most intimate things that that can't be done alone. Um, and then there's the rage and the anger and the confusion and the re- repetition of trying to explain what's happening. And um, you know, my mom tried to get out of a moving car once going down wow. the road. So even something as simple as like driving to a doctor's appointment is not simple. Mm. Um, and it's it's really exhausting for the caregiver. Oftentimes, the patient doesn't really know and isn't really aware of what's happening. Um, so, so I've really tried also to support the caregivers. And it's a mm-hmm. it's a family disease because it is so draining, and often caregivers are even at a higher risk for health issues because they're not paying attention to their own health and their own care, and they're not asking for help or they don't know where to ask for help. Mm. 
Uh, it's it's devastating. I encourage everyone to read your book, Where the Light Gets In. It's so beautiful. Thank uh, you. So, so good. Now, also so, so good is you and your husband opened the store in Nashville, which I am so incredibly impressed by. Can you just tell people a little bit about the store? Thank you. Yes, this was a dream of ours going back years now. And it's taken that long to get it to come together. And I'm, I'm just, we're just pinching ourselves that it actually was ready right at the time for this crisis. We opened um, sort of like a, it was supposed to be a training period where we wanted to start serving a few families and just make sure we had all our ducks in a row. And then the tornado hit in Nashville, and and suddenly the needs started to rise, followed directly after by the COVID-19 crisis. And so we were going to have a big ribbon-cutting ceremony and, you know, a lot of fanfare, and we just yeah. said, all right, forget that. There's no time for that, nor can we, you know, get anyone together to do that. So we just opened our doors, kind of rushed to, to open early, and now we're serving way more people than we ever imagined, and um, and it's a grocery store, correct? It's yes, a- I'm sorry. So it's a it's called the store. It's a free referral based grocery store, and um, it's meant to what what our original idea was. We wanted it to be uh, a place of choice where people could come in because I, I when I was a kid, my mom used to take me out on Meals on Wheels, and I'd sit in the back of the car and she'd deliver meals to people, or we'd go to a soup kitchen and we'd dole out food and. Um, a lot of people, I sensed resentment from them because there was no dignity involved in it. They weren't able to choose what they what they got. And so our idea was actually based on a model in Santa Barbara, was to have like a beautiful community grocery store where they could go in and they could choose what they wanted for their family. And not only that, their kids could see them making choices and in a position of power and, um, you know, feeding feeding their families, and this would help them get back on the road to self-sufficiency. It would be like a year-long program to help people, and we just had no idea the need that was going to suddenly arise. Not to mention, now we've had to shift now because people can't come into the grocery store. Uh, We want to keep people safe and social distancing, and so we are doing curbside pickup, and then we're also primarily delivering and um, delivering to seniors in the neighborhood who can't get out for safety reasons. So the models changed a little bit, but but the supply is there, which is wonderful. We've had amazing donations from people and the support in the community is great. And we're working with, we have lots of partners in the community to help us find the people. And then if one day, you know, we get a surplus of donations, we're, we're sharing with other food banks and, you know, Second Harvest Food Bank of Middle Tennessee is one of our partners. And so we're just all working together and, um, and it's, it's going really well so far. And what's the best way people can get involved? Like, do you guys accept donations? Like, do you need drivers in Nashville? Like, what what can people do to help? Yeah, well, um, we primarily we need money um, to buy food at wholesale. Um, but yeah, we're also accepting food donations, or you could go to the store.org. Right now, with the health crisis, it's a little bit tricky with volunteers. Sure. Just just we want to keep everybody as healthy as possible. So right now we're asking for donations, but hopefully when the health crisis is over, we'd love to have volunteers. It's set up to welcome everybody to come in, and um, we don't want it to be like an us and them. It's like we're all in it together kind mm-hmm. of community feel there, 
um, the place in Santa Barbara that we base this off of is wonderful. It's called Unity Shop in Santa Barbara, and um, and there are people that volunteer there that used to be customers there, and vice oh, versa. I love so that. Um, it's and, and it's just it's cozy, it's welcoming, and um, and you know it's important to us that education's a part of it. There's fresh fruits and vegetables. And we're actually uh, partnered with Belmont University. And unfortunately, that was going to be like our volunteer base for the, the students at Belmont. And now Belmont's closed. But they have a ministry that's right next door that'll offer health services and legal services and other components. Because when someone's struggling with food insecurity, it's usually not for one reason only. You know, there's lots right. of components that go into somebody having a tough year or years. Yeah. Oh, the store.org store.org yeah. Yeah. Um, okay I want to talk movies so you've been in a lot of projects that are family friendly things like the father of the bride movies Christmas Chronicles according to Jim have you been conscious of that in your career to take on some of these more family friendly roles has that been something you've thought about not necessarily I think it's what I sort of fit into really well um, I mean, I've done more like risque sort of things, but they kind of, none of them ever hit like Father of the Bride. Um, and then now as a mom, yeah, I guess I'm a little more conscious of that now. Yeah. Um, it could be that's, you know, what I'm most right for. Did you expect the Christmas Chronicles to take off? I feel like when that came out, it was like everyone was talking about it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I read that script and I loved it so much. I thought it was so fun. And I had an inkling. It felt it felt right. It, yeah. it, it felt like that's what the world needed was like a like a thriller Christmas movie, yeah, <laughs> like yeah. an action thriller Christmas movie for kids. Um, also, one and, of the uh, best Santa suits I've seen in film. It was like such a great Santa. It Kurt's Santa suit, and that was so great. Oh, wasn't it awesome? It was so good. It no, was one of the best I've seen. Super secretive on... about it. Yeah. yeah. Well, we just shot the sequel, so um, you'll have that to look forward to this Christmas. And are you guys? D- so you're done shooting the sequel. It's done, right? Yes. yes. Oh, good. And what can you tell us about it? I know Goldie's back, or, you know, she was sort of the surprise button on the first movie. So she's going to be in the sequel, right? Yeah, and I think people loved seeing her so much. So she's back for more, a lot more. I'm so one. excited for her to be back on screen. I mean, I, I worship Goldie Hawn, and, and so oh I, my gosh, I, she's we need amazing. her. amazing. And the two of them together are so adorable. Everyone just kept talking about how in love they were on set and, you know, just looking out for each other. And they're just a really neat couple. I love that. Now, I mentioned the Father of the Bride movies, which I worship. Is there any talk about a third one of those? Like, is that something? I know it's been 25 years since the the sequel came out. Is there any hope yeah, for a third so one? Yeah, it's so funny. I mean, there's a lot of talk about it. People talk about it. Fans talk about it. Mostly me. I talk about it all the time. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen some of your posts where you talk about And actually, I've used some of your clips. Yeah. <laughs> I, I I think I have right. You I appreciate yeah, I, you putting I've done up a, these clips. I've done a lot of. Fr- I used to do Frank Fridays on my Instagram because I truly. This is not an exaggeration. I think Martin Short's performance as Frank is like one of the funniest performances ever to be on film. Totally, I absolutely agree. I haven't even shown either of the movies to my kids yet. Kimberly, and I why? keep saying, like, I know. Well, I, I don't think they really want to see it. No, they do. They do. <laughs> it's so funny because they've heard people talking to me about it their whole lives. Everywhere I go, people talk to me about those movies, and now I think there's too much pressure. I think maybe mm. part of them thinks they won't like it. Maybe they don't really want to see it because it's about weddings and they don't really care about that stuff. I don't no, know. No, they would. They would love it. I, I've never seen... So. No one's not loved that movie, Kimberly. There's never been a person <laughs> to not love that. 
It's really so good. Well, and actually, when I re- rewatched it, I was like thinking about how great your performance is because it's a tricky role because it's basically a love story, especially the first one is a love story between the father and daughter. And I think that's such a fine line, like where it could come off as, as creepy or, or disingenuous. And I think you just did such a phenomenal job in that. And I don't think people talk about that enough about how good you were in that in those movies thank you so much that is so nice of you well i think i have a really good relationship with my own father so i really understood it Mm. and not so far as what it's like to want to get married to someone at 19 because i was not in that place at all or i guess in the movie she's older 21 or 22 Yeah. yeah but and i was only 19 when i did it so um i was not relating to that aspect of it at all but the the family part, I really understood because we had a very tight knit family, and um, you know, and I still have a great relationship with my own dad. So that's what I was tapping into. I know it must get sort of tiring for people to talk about it all the time with you, but it is just such a a wonderful comfort food hug of a movie. And I think so many people, particularly in in my generation, we grew up sort of wanting to be you in a way or or to live in this family. Um, It's just such a beautiful family. I I think I read Steve Martin say that it's sort of like a dream family on screen. It's um, completely. Oh, yeah. It's like the perfect family, the perfect wedding. It's it's beautiful, and I'm so honored and humbled to be in a movie like that that's that's so classic, that's given so many people comfort and laughs over the years. And it's funny, when I decided to get married for real, my husband and I decided to do something completely different, just because we felt like people would come to our wedding and say, yeah, it was good, but the movie was so mm. much better. That's funny. <laughs> you know? That's great. Uh, so one more question about Father of the Bride. Do you, where would Annie Banks McKenzie be now? Like, is there somewhere... What what would you like if there was a part three? Well, I think it'd be fun if she has kids that have grown up and are getting married. You know, um, I mean, I heard a rumor that uh, that she would have like, uh, oh no, that Kieran Kieran Culkin, who played my little brother, that he would be gay and be wanting to marry his partner, and then and then Steve Martin's character would have to sort of come around to that. Um, I I'd heard that, that rumor a few. I know. Well, I heard that rumor a few years ago, um, but I don't think it ever, obviously, ever panned out. We need it but now more than ever. Any. We need it. We truly, truly I need agree. it. Um, I agree. Okay, I want to do a little lightning round with you. So these are just a couple quick questions. Um, what's your favorite song of your husband Brad's? Probably Little Moments, because that was the song that got us married. Aww. When he wrote that song, I felt like, oh, he totally gets me. Uh, what was your first concert? Do you remember your first concert ever? Um, Rick Springfield. Oh, my God, a classic. <laughs> uh, what's your favorite Mariah Carey song? Don't have one, but I love her. <laughs> Sleepless in Seattle or You've Got Mail? Probably Sleepless in Seattle. Were you a basketball player before the Father of the Bride movies? Did you have to learn for those? I had to practice all the time. What's your favorite all-time TV show? Um, good question. Probably like Charlie's Angels is the one I watched growing uh, up. Classic. Did you see the reboot at all? No. How is it? It's okay. It wasn't great. I mean, I didn't think it was great, but it was okay. Yeah, yeah. it was okay. Um, who's been your all-time favorite scene partner? Scene partner. 
Um, you know, I've worked a lot with Tom Cavanaugh, and he is so much fun to work with. Do you know and, who he is? Yeah, on Hallmark. He was on Ed, too, right? The, um... Yes, Ed, and he's on The Flash, and um, he's just, he's always different. Every take is different, and he always makes me laugh, and that is so important for a scene partner. You know, speaking of the Hallmark movies, I know everyone maybe associates you with the Christmas Chronicles, but I also remember watching a Christmas, sh- is it called the Christmas Shoes? or Yes, Christmas, Christmas Shoes. That's actually, that was on like CBS, I think. That was, was that CBS? I just, yeah. I have a very... With Rob Lowe. Vi- with Rob Lowe. And I have a, vi- the sequel was with Neil Patrick Harris. I think they did a, a made-for-TV sequel. Yes. But I have a very vivid memory of like watching that movie. My family always does Christmas Eve together. And I remember like exiting the party and going upstairs in my parents house when i lived at home and watching that movie and sobbing i think i was in high school and i just remember uh-huh. sobbing that it's like the saddest most beautiful christmas movie i love it i love it i love it love it but i yeah, i can remember crying sad. to it yeah um, that's okay. another one that my kids haven't seen <laughs> oh my God. they don't need to see me dying do they watch any have they watched any of your stuff you know they started watching the 10th kingdom years ago and they really liked that did you ever see that mini yeah that's series? the fairy tale miniseries yeah a classic so they too. they loved that um but then they were a little young at the time and they got scared by the trolls <laughs> so <laughs> we should probably i mean like quarantine is a really good time to revisit some of those <laughs> you have to you have to you have to. Yeah. okay um my last question is i don't know if you know this at all but there's a wedding planner that's going around and saying that frank was based on him his name is kevin lee and there's been no confirmation on it i just wondered if you knew if that was maybe true or not oh, that's funny i don't know who that is no i have to look him up he's like i've a, never heard that he's on the real housewives and he has done interviews saying that martin short based the character on him and i don't believe it to be true so i, I had to ask I don't think it is. I think he based it on a lot of different ideas in his brain. I think it was a unique interpretation of a wedding planner. I don't know. I don't know if he based it on anyone. I never heard that. Interesting. Are you watching Succession? Have you seen your on-screen brother on Succession on HBO? I have seen a couple of episodes of it. It's so good. It's so juicy. It's so so juicy. juicy. Yeah. Yeah. No, we just finished watching Tiger King. Oh, my God. Wasn't it wild? Oh my god, literally wild. Do you think no, Carol it was insane. I heard there's a new episode now coming up like this week or something. Oh, I need as much as they'll give me. Do you think Carol fed the husband to the tigers? I think that's possible. What yeah. do you think? For sure I think she did. Yeah. <laughs> For sure. hundred like no doubt in my mind. I've never been more Carol certain. Seems really kind of crazy. <laughs> Everyone was crazy. Every time they put someone on screen they were crazier than the last person. I couldn't they believe They were it. all crazy. I mean it took so many twists and turns. I, I'm sure the filmmakers just had no idea what they were getting into when they started. <laughs> wild. Wild, wild, wild. Yeah. Well, Kimberly, thank you so much for taking the time to chat with me. I, of I know course, Danny. I, I truly just appreciate all the work you've done. I've just been such a fan for years. And and again, I want to thank you on behalf of all of us because so many of your projects that we talked about, I mean, they are truly, I keep saying this, like warm hugs, but it, it means a lot, I think, really, especially right now. And I'm someone who deals with depression and anxiety. And so oftentimes when I'm going through a rough time like that, I need to put on one of these kind of films. Um, so thank Aww. you, thank you, thank you. Of course. It's my pleasure. It's so good to talk to you, and I can't wait to hear the episode. Stay safe and healthy and as sane as possible. You too. Thank you so much, Danny. Thank you. Bye-bye. Okay, bye. 
love decorating the house and getting furniture, but sometimes it could be overwhelming to design a space. And so luckily, I'm here to tell you about a company called Cozy. Now, Cozy is fantastic, a North American company that thoughtfully designs furniture made for modern living. Now, Cozy strives to provide the best furniture shopping experience with elegant, super high quality products, plus fast delivery and easy assembly, which is really important to me because I do not like putting together furniture. So the easier, the better for me. Now, Cozy offers a beautiful, customizable sofas and sectionals that are made to adapt in time. This means customers can add seats to the sofas over time. Maybe if you're extending your family, you might want more space on the couch. Cozy also offers a great range of coffee tables, washable rugs, wall shelving, credenzas, TV stands, and accessories. So much. It's thoughtfully designed furniture made for modern living. There's an outdoor sofa and tables collection that is fantastic. It's called the Mistral. So you can choose the perfect sofa configuration for your outdoor setup. Uh, Cozy also opened its first retail space on Queen Street in Toronto to push the experience to the next level and allow customers to engage physically with the products. So transform your living space today with Cozy. Visit Cozy.com, spelled C-O-Z-E-Y, to start customizing your furniture today. Again, that's Cozy, C-O-Z-E-Y dot com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello? Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. 